I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Porzingis ran it down. Six seconds left on the shot clock. Luca trying to beat Covington. Bumped him off. Flipped it up. And another stick'em shot for Luca rolls in. And 40 points tonight. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Lockdown Podcast Network. And joining me, friend of the show, actual friend of the show. We do, we do mess with him. Jimmy Crowther, you know him as All Things Mavs on Twitter. What you got for me, Jimmy? Uh, good to be here, Nick. Yeah, I was telling, uh, talking to Nick before we hit record here. And the last podcast, if you guys listened, where Nick just yells a big, screw you, Jimmy, on the podcast, <laughs> really, really woke me up. So I think he's just trying to play nice by having me back on the podcast today. I had to. You can't, you can't fake make fun of somebody and then just like call <laughs> them out on the weekend pod and not have them on. So Isaac had some stuff come up tonight, so he is out. You know, he's got two kids and all that, so. Uh, he also just didn't want to get on here and just slander Kristaps Porzingis mercilessly. So we will, we'll do that instead. We'll do it. We don't have to be filtered. Isaac has to be filtered sometimes. And I, <laughs> I, we, I can say whatever I want about Kristaps Porzingis on this one. Yeah, there is no Mavs ties for us, at least. So uh, on today's show, we're going to break down the Mavericks 121-118 clutch heartbreaking loss to the Portland Trailblazers. Came down to a final three from Luka that would have tied the game. It was just a back and forth. Uh, the third quarter reared its ugly head again. There's so many things to talk about in this game. I mean, we got to start with Luca, though, right? Like, Luca had an incredible game, so we'll get into that. Talk about Porzingis. Talk about the third quarter. Talk about what's going on with these maps. So we'll get into all that. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 20% off your next order. Luka Doncic, have to start with him. I mean, there's just no other... We talk about him all the time, and I know we want to get into the problems with this team, but 44 points, 7 boards, 9 assists. Uh, He had 5 turnovers in the game. 5 of 8 from 3. One of those 3 that he missed was, Mm. you know, tough one. 11 of 12 from the free throw line, so he's hitting his threes, hitting his free throws. The guys aren't necessarily hitting open shots, but 9 assists for him. 44 points in the way. I mean, that... (laughs) That run that he took at the end of what the third, where he gets slapped in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was the end of the second. second. Second, end of the second quarter. He gets slapped in the face inadvertently by by future former Mav Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> and he, eleven straight points in like a minute, not even a minute, just couple threes here, couple free throws here. He just he can go on these runs, man. He's just something else. And it's, it's awesome and wild on nights like this to see him go against a guy like Lillard. And Luca might be – like, he's probably better than Lillard. I think we, He's better we, than Lillard. I'll I know. We, we say that in a lot of ways, but to, to see them go head-to-head, it, it makes it more real. Yeah. I mean, that run and the fact that it started off with the, the in-your-face, in-your-eyes Robert Covington three in the corner and then he looks back at his bench and just, like, talking to all of his <laughs> teammates, that was – I mean, the whole game, the best part about this game is that he did it so efficiently. Like, they pulled up the stats from the other night, um, you know, when he had 46, his career high, and it was, like, 17 of 30. And at that point in the game, he had already made 17 field goals on, like, I don't even remember how many attempts it was. It was, like, 19 attempts at that point. And I was like, I mean, he's already hit as many – or not field goals, whatever it was. No, he's 14 of 17 at that point. And I remember 
it hit 17 the last one. It was nuts, and it was all efficiently done, and I tweeted it out, but the NBA should be terrified of this Luka Doncic. The efficient shooting Luka Doncic is, and I think I think it was uh, Tim Cato that tweeted out, is the best scorer in the game if he can officially hit his threes. It's just, is that is that real, or is it temporary? And I'm hoping it's starting to trend real. I don't know what a three-point percentage is going to be up after this game, but I know it's 32% going into it, and it's just continuing to climb up and up. It's uh, it's quite good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luka Doncic quite good at scoring. It's wild because you think of him as this playmaker, think of him as this really good passer. Uh, last six games, Luka Doncic, 46% from almost 47% from three. These are his hmm. last six games from three. Three of seven, seven of 12, one of seven, two of seven, five of eight, and in this game, another five of eight. Um Man, he he's he's hitting it, and when he's hitting, there's just no other options. Like there's no other yeah. options for teams because you can they at, in the fourth quarter the way that they really got back in this game was they just kept having Brunson or Tim Hardaway Jr. come set a screen for him, and then Lillard would be stuck on him, and Luca would just take him right into the post. And if they couldn't get that kind of switch earlier in the game, Luca could t- he could hit his step back against anybody, centers whoever, right? Because you just get him stuck in that no man's land, and Luca can make the decision split second. He can make the decision to take the step back, drive into the lane. He can, you know, all that. And then if the defense collapses on him, he, he can pass. He can make every single pass. That pass that he made out of the double, so he pick oh and pop. Yeah. When was that? I, I need to look it up because he he gets doubled by Lillard and Cantor off of uh, a pick and a pick and roll, pick and pop. And he just throws a bullet, like overhead, two-handed pass to in Dorian. the air. He jumped in the air, threw the pass in the opposite corner. Like he can make every single pass too. The one-handed passes, the overhead passes. This was a uh, yeah, that was in the third quarter, late in the third quarter. And he's he can just do everything on the court. I mean, we talk about him every single day on this podcast, and somehow he does new stuff that we have to keep talking about. Yeah, and it's not just the passing, but the mid-range game has just become so potent. Like, it is it is just – it's the most reliable shot he has right now. I mean, besides getting to the rim, of course. But, like – okay, and also, speaking of that run he went on, can we talk about the foul – the, the three-pointer that he was trying to draw the foul on, and he just hits a little floater, <laughs> the floater from beyond the three-pointer three? Yeah, and it should have been an end one, too, because Covington came over the screen, had his arm, like, in, you know, Luca's hip, and then Lucas still just hits the floater one-handed three – and that was just kind of the night that he was having. I mean, that just speaks to the amazing night that he was having. But, yeah, that mid-range has been my favorite part of his game to watch this year. It's just been the little barely jump mid-range jump shot slash Dirk one-legged fade. Yeah, last year he was elite at, at the rim. This year he's not as good at the rim, but he could still score at the rim whenever he wants to, basically. He was elite at the rim. He was below average from three. And that mid-range was kind of just non-existent. Like, we didn't really right. see that too much. He didn't really need that. And... This year, he started to add that, right? The Dirk shot that we've seen. The Dirk shot the other game with the silhouette as the mm. sha- like the Dirk silhouette as the shadow. I mean, Chef's sh- right. kiss. You just did it. Chef's <laughs> kiss. Exactly. Uh, but in this game, he hits five shots in the restricted area, basically. Four shots in the mid-range. And then he hit the five threes. Like, that is a balanced offense right there. And then, well, and then you have also have to mention the uh, eight, the 11 free throws? 12, 12 free throw attempts. So, yeah. that is some balance, like, attack jump shots every he can do everything he can do yeah. everything the, the one thing he can't do is these like kevin durant 
rise up over the top. The things that Porzingis tries to do, the rise up over the top of somebody and right. shoot like that, right? There's just he just is defended by a lot of guys that have a wingspan that he can't do that against. He's just not tall enough. But we're comparing him to Kevin Durant, right? Who's, yeah, yeah. who's seven <laughs> feet tall. It's just a different type of player. He can do everything else on the court. Yeah, I I can't speak. I mean, he should have had should have had a double double tonight if, if players were hitting their shots in their first quarter at least. I mean. I, he could have had at least 15 assists if if the Mavs would hit you know half of the shots that they would find that he would find them on their open passes. So yeah, I really 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 loved his game tonight. And 11 of 12 from the free throw line. I mean, missing one free throw. Golly, I look, I'm looking at the other free throw attempts. It's like nobody else besides KP went to the line with with Luca. But he he just drives and gets players on his hip. I mean, that's what he's done since he's been a rookie is getting players on his hip and drawing those fouls. So and he was beating you know he's beating Covington too, who's an elite defender. I mean, he's beating him around. But the main thing is like you said that ability to make sure the other teammates are getting those switches onto those players that he can cook like Damian Lillard yes yeah they were just they were targeting Lillard over and over and over again and uh people were asking me during the game they're saying why aren't like Lillard has four fouls Lillard got four fouls somewhere in the third quarter like late late Mm -hmm. in the third quarter and they're saying why aren't they just targeting Lillard over and over again and trying to get him to pick up those fouls I kind of wonder if you don't do that. Like, they probably should have, right, to take him out of offense. But you can target him right. late in the game instead and take advantage of him that way. And I don't know. It's it's a theory. Yeah, uh, and they did it. I mean, at the end of the game, they definitely they did. did. Yeah, they ended yeah. up doing it. They just did later than people expected. Right. But, all right, coming up, let's get into uh, some of the, the problems and issues of this game. I guess there's more positives that we can hand out because it, these games are tough, especially these clutch games, especially when it comes down to, like, one or two possessions. Yeah. It came down to Lillard's step-back three. It came down to, like, Dorian hit that three with a minute left. It was super clutch three for him. Luca misses that three. It just comes down to a couple plays here and there because if a couple of those go differently, all of a sudden we're talking about this like a win. The Mavericks are on a five, what, five, six game winning streak. And we're, we'd be super excited. Everybody would be getting positive. Like, ah, kind of concerned about Porzingis' defense, but everything else is awesome. And in this game, they end up losing. So we don't want to go too negative because we would have gone all, all positive if they would have won. So uh, a couple more positives to hand out, but there are some things. The defense has not gotten better. Uh, for sure against this team. There's some very mm-hmm. concerning things. So no filter, Nick Angsted, Jimmy Crowther coming at you. Locked on Mavs. We'll talk about all of that coming up. But before we do, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your bets and wagers all on all the sports action. There's so much stuff going on. NBA basketball, you can put wagers on. There is college basketball. There is all kinds of stuff. There's NASCAR over the weekend. I'm sure there's races. I don't know when they are, but I'm sure there are some. Uh, you can put down stuff on next year for the NFL, award shows, TV shows, reality TV shows. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. Let's see. Let's look at some, some lines right now. So tomorrow... Warriors, eight-point favorite over the Cavs. Knicks, a uh, the Hawks, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Knicks. That one's interesting to me. I don't know. The Hawks are not necessarily playing their best basketball at the moment. Give and- me give me Julius Randle and the Knicks. I'm taking them. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas' own Julius Randle. Future <laughs> former Mav Julius Randle. Uh, and then the Pacers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls. Future former Mav Zach Levine. <laughs> All right, so you can bet on all those. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Get more of the sports news you need in less time with your new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from your local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. All right, Jimmy. So we talked about Luca. He's incredible. He was great. Uh, the other positive from this game, I mean, Dorian, he, he tried mm-hmm. his best on, on Damian Lillard. We could talk about why Josh Richardson wasn't guarding Lillard more, but Dorian tried his best. I think what they wanted to do, the thing with Lillard, he's going to get a screen every time. You're going to have to go over the screen because you can't go under on a screen from Lillard because he's just going to bomb from deep. And so you have to go over. And the game there is you have the the center or whoever is the defender to to drop or ice or to just kind of hedge their bets basically between the roller and Dame with to give the to give the defender in this case Dorian to give Dorian just enough time to recover so that he can pick Dame back up and so I think they went with Dorian because of the length I guess that was their best choice I still am confused why Josh Richardson was not the, not the defender on Dor on on Dame more but the positive in this I think is that Dorian like you know, tried his best. At least Dame didn't put up 60 like like he did the last time he played the Mavs. 34 for Dame. He was 12 of 26 from the field. Um, he only had seven free throws, which is he was very upset about and was was quite close to getting ejected uh, in this game, I thought. Golly. He, I was really annoyed with how he was playing early, just hunting the foul calls every single time. But, look, I looked at the box score, and I didn't think he shot it as efficiently as he did. I mean, shot 50% from the field. Uh, but I do think Dorian did a good job, and not just on Lillard defensively, but four of seven from three, five of eight from the field, and he was having an aggressive night on the boards as well. I mean, only three rebounds, but he was going after every single one. Uh, I, I think he this was one of his best games since he's returned from COVID by far. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's positive. I was really happy with Dorian Finney-Smith. I talked about that on my on my YouTube recap. Uh, but Ooh, plug. Yeah, plug. Follow, uh, go to All Things Maps on YouTube. But uh, Josh Richardson, I just – I don't – you know, if he's not out there guarding the best player playing defense tonight, which was Damian Lillard, and he, I think there were three possessions that I counted where he started on Damian Lillard. Other than that, I didn't yeah, see him on him at all. many. And it was like the second quarter too. Yeah, and if he's not defending Damian Lillard in this game, he's useless. I mean, he's literally useless in this game. So, yes, positive Dorian, negative Josh Richardson. Yeah, six points for him, three assists. He was three of seven from the field, missed all three of his threes. Like, this was a rough Josh Richardson game. For for those of you, myself included, that are on the – Josh Richardson's going to pull, going to turn it around. He's going to be, you know, that third piece the Mavericks wanted, and he's going to make the Seth Curry trade look like, you know, not a mistake, basically. Yeah. <laughs> this was not the game you want to point to. Really, really rough for him in this one. I, I'm confused why he was not the primary on, on Lillard more, but – because I thought that's what they brought him in to do, right? That Carlisle yeah. mentioned preseason. Preseason, Carlisle said, we have not had a guy that could defend point guards like this. And Josh Rich, this Dame was the point guard, right? Like, yeah. I don't even you... know who he was like. I can't – I'm thinking back now. I don't even know who he was defending, like, most of the time. Was it Gary Trent? Because if it was, I mean, Trent also kind of had some really good shots tonight too. So, I don't know, man. Yeah, that was that was really frustrating is that – and I mean, he, he wasn't on pulled. Mello. He wasn't on, no. on Derek Jones. He wasn't on Cantor. Wasn't no. on Covington, right? Like, who's on first? Yeah, yeah I. <laughs> that was it. I I don't know, man. It was uh, a frustrating night from Josh Richardson. He got pulled early because he got beat that one time and expected somebody to come help, but he just kind of let him fly by. So I mean, yeah, defensively, like he wasn't bad, but it's because he was, didn't have an opportunity to be bad. He just didn't do anything, and it was just <laughs> a really frustrating night. So yeah. 
So he's talking about Dorian, talking about Josh Richardson. Kristaps Porzingis, let's get to it. We have to. Kristaps Porzingis in this game, 18 points, 8 boards, 2 blocks, uh, 5 of 9 from the field, only 9 attempts, but he was 8 of 8 from the free throw line, which is a, a big positive, I think. So his, his offense, I would say, was decent, right? Like, it was decent. You'd want him to hit a couple yeah. more threes. He missed all three of the threes that he took, so his offense was decent. You'd hope that he would take advantage more. Uh, like, the only bigs for the, for the Blazers in this game were Cantor and else kind of Harry Giles. Harry Giles is the other one, I guess. Right? So you'd hope that he would take advantage of that more. But Cantor wasn't one-on-one guarding him. They were guarding him with Derrick Jones Jr. And so even more so, you'd hope that he would be able to take advantage of that matchup. And he just hasn't been. It's the problem that we've been talking about all season. The The biggest problem with Porzingis wasn't offensively, though. Offense, like I said, fine. I don't know if you could disagree with that if you want, but I thought he, he was okay. I'll, I'll say this about him offensively, is that he's talked about it, and the Mavs have, have addressed it too. He is a rhythm player. And he didn't take enough shots early on. I mean, and there are times where he didn't take advantage. I mean, yes, you look at the box score again, efficiently 5 9, 18 points, like you mentioned. That's good. But I'd be okay if he, you know, chucked up a few shots early on in the beginning and just try to get himself into a rhythm because that's who he is offensively. He, and he, he doesn't take have a that shot going. in the first quarter at all. No. And that that's what I was most frustrated with is that he didn't even look like he was really aggressive enough. I mean, you know, it's just the difference between that New Orleans game and uh, the Pacers game. And then this game, it's like, Two games where he's just super, super aggressive, putting the ball on the floor. I don't remember seeing him put a ball on the floor at all this game. And just tonight, just <laughs> he did one. He, he he put the ball on the floor one time, and it was I think in the third quarter against Mello in the corner. Oh and yes, You're that right. was he faced it. He faced up Mello in the in the left corner. I can see it. He faced up Mello in the left corner and just got stuck on an island with Mello guarding him. Like th- that was very telling of his offensive game. Just not yeah. confident. If his shot isn't falling early and he didn't get any shots early, he didn't take a shot in the first quarter, like we said. If his shot's not going early, then he's out of it. And at this point, I I've, I don't pity him, right? Like, I don't, I don't, right, he's, right. He's, he's been back. He is wants to be an all-star level player. He thinks of himself very highly. He's talked about his minutes. We've talked about his minutes. He's gotten what he's wanted, and he's just not taking advantage of what he, he has to play well against good teams. Those, te- yes. those those ones that you mentioned, right? He's, he hit eight threes against the Pelicans. Okay. And Steven then, Adams. And then the other one was the Pacers game. Those are like his two big games. The Pacers didn't have any centers. They didn't have Miles Turner. They just had Sabonis, and he was literally just rolling down the the rim the whole time. I don't even know if he took – I don't even know if he made a three in that game. He still, <laughs> still scored like 30 points. So he's got to play well against good teams. And this was not even a good defending team, but – He's playing against Derrick Jones. The problem is defensively. He gives yes. up. He gave yes. up so much in this game, and it's it was so strange to watch. There was a play I highlighted on Twitter where Lillard drove into him, and Porzingis turned his hips and showed Lillard the rim. Like Lillard is driving to the left side of the rim. Porzingis is is defending him in the paint, basically backing up in the paint, and he shows him the rim with his hips. And you're like, you just you can't. You have to impede him in some way and then poor and Lillard somehow got the shot off around Porzingis's like outstretched arm which is wild because Lillard's like 6-1 and Porzingis yeah. is 7-3 there's no way he should be able to get that but because Porzingis can't stand his ground and then had his hips turned the wrong way 
he just gives up the rim to Lillard. And it's just plays like that over and over. Melo, you know, scoring on him a couple times there. Just he's he's got to impede more, <laughs> I think. The, the difference between him last year defensively and this year defensively is so different, in my opinion. Yeah, it's weird. It, it shouldn't be. I mean, I remember he came in and last year, and first thing, one of the first things he said in a presser was that he wanted to be in on a uh, all defensive team. And this year it looks like he doesn't even want that. And if he did want that, he wouldn't even be anywhere close to sniffing that. It's just, if he mentioned a defensive team, like if he ever mentions an all defensive team in a presser this season, I would just, I think I would hang up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't blame you. I think is, everyone on zoom should just leave yeah. and just let him sit with that, that thought. Like, do you what? really, that's really what you want. What world would you be in if he could consider that this season? Uh, but yeah, I, it, it, there's a disconnect somewhere. I mean, you look at it like people look at this box score. And be like, well, he had two block shots and a steal. The two blocks came because he was just sta- he just happened to be standing by the rim at the same time. And like, well, it's that just, one play in the second quarter on transition defense, wasn't it? It was it was in that one play. I he think. got both of them in that one play. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was really all it was. And that's really all it's been. He does this thing on defense, and it's so frustrating because. He puts one arm into the guy's hip and then the other one like halfway outstretched. So it always ends up becoming a foul and it just is useless on defense. And look, everyone knows like it's no secret that he's soft. Like he's going to get pushed around, but you're still long. If you put your arms up, your fingertips are at the rim. Just put both hands up and try. Like, it's just so frustrating. And it's just a lack of, I think it's a lack of effort. Because I don't know if it's, you know, I think part of it might be he needs that offensive game to get going for him to feel more needed on the defensive end, where last year was the other way around. When he had his defense going, his offense was was clicking as well. And this year, there's just no defense. That's just weird. Yeah, he, yeah. It, it's, it's like in his head and it's it's effort because it's it's the discipline of defense you have to be in a stance you have to have your arms out you have to you know there's so many different disciplines of defense that you have to to do to be a good defensive player and that's why defensive like really good defensive players like Patrick Beverly and Tony Allen are like insane right yeah <laughs> or like Kawhi even the opposite the opposite spectrum of insane uh, they have to be insane in certain ways because you just have to be a maniacal person and Porzingis is not that. And so to, mm-hmm. to keep discipline like that, I just think that it's, it's been hard for him this year. He's got, he's got to be better. He he has to be better. Maxi was struggling on defense as well. And if both those guys are not going to be good defensively, Maxi, I give him a pass still because of, of how hard COVID hit him. And he's still not that far removed from COVID. Uh, I give him a pass a little bit and, but it, but if both those guys are going to be bad, the Mavs are. In, I mean, it's, it's a big problem because all it's of a bad. sudden, all of a sudden, it's Porzingis, Kleba, Tim, Hart, like, uh, and uh, Willie, where you're only three big men kind of playing right now. Powell, every once in a while, we know that story. Boban, yeah. does he play ever again? I don't know. <laughs> Know, does James Johnson play before he gets traded? I, I yeah. What's <laughs> up with that? What's up with that going on? So there's just no big men that can play defense right now, and that's a big problem. The Mavericks are a very similar team to what the Blazers are right now. Yeah. Uh, except the fact that I guess like Mello is Porzingis offensively, <laughs> Cantor is Ugh. Cantor is Porzingis defensively. <laughs> Golly, that's, that's like sad. But that's what it, that's what it is right now. And so, yeah, that it has it has to get better. Porzingis is also his minutes were also different this game. I guess it was because of the foul trouble. He finished with five fouls, but yeah, he only played thirty five minutes, and uh, yeah, his his rotation was different than before. He he has to be better. He's got to be more disciplined. He's got to be more aware. He's got to. Uh, he struggled with guards 
around the rim in the past, even last year, I vividly remember Jamal Murray just lighting him up in the bubble. Yeah. Yep. But it's it's got to be better than it was in this game for sure. And uh, I think some people will, will listen to this or see, you know, stuff I'm saying on Twitter and be like, like, well, you know, you can't blame it all on Porzingis. No, you obviously can't blame it all on Porzingis. And you obviously have to say he's been great. Like he has had great stretches. He just had his best game against the Pelicans. But that's not to say he can't be better. He needs he I'm hopefully he knows that he needs to be better too, because this team, I this Porzingis is not gonna win you a lot of games, uh, especially defensively. Offensively, you could probably get away with 18 points on five of nine shooting on most nights, but I still need closer to 22, 23 on a regular, regular night. And it's for me, it's just defense. Offense, he's he's giving yeah. you a decent like he's what, giving you 75% of what you hope from Porzingis on a night to night basis. Sometimes some nights it's yeah. hundred, some nights it's 50% of what you'd hope. Defensively, he's giving you zero. I think yeah. in that. And that's that's the big disconnect. And that's why we're so. So it's Porzingis, Richardson, and then it's Maxi Kleba still coming back from, from COVID. Those guys are the ones that if they're gonna if the maps are gonna be good at defense at all, or average on defense even, those guys all have to be good on defense. And they're not right now. So uh, all right, coming up, let's get into some more in this game. A couple other things that stood out. We'll break down the end of this game. How did the Mavs somehow come back? Right, like they, they were the the Blazers had an incredible forty five point third quarter, and then the Mavericks end up coming back and losing this one just down to the wire. We'll talk about that and break it all down coming up. But before we do, oh Jimmy, have you had a Built Bar yet? I ordered myself a you mint did. brownie oh, Built yeah. Bar. Are they coming in the mail, or have you eaten one yet? No, no, I already yeah, like I've already had it, and now that the snow is here, I'm probably going to get a del- another delayed order here soon, but. I love them and I highly recommend them because I'm a, I love a good protein bar to snack on and I love a good, like something sweet after I get a workout in. And that is exactly what that mint brownie built bar is from a man that actually works out. So you don't have to listen to me and Isaac, <laughs> me and Isaac talk about, talk about these protein bars. Like we're just eating them as snacks. <laughs> Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar. Like Jimmy said, take his word from it. Another listener of the podcast that went and got them on his own. We didn't pay him. We didn't send them to him. That's um, true. Now maybe we will. Low calorie, low sugar, <laughs> high protein, high fiber. Great for a keto diet. The mint brownie, like Jimmy said, is one of the best ones. The new one, though, the coconut brownie chunk. Mm. Next next level. My wife usually doesn't like the Built Bars. I made her try the coconut brownie chunk, and she said, that one is pretty good. She actually liked that one. So if you haven't liked them in the past, try this one. It's great. Go to BillBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON or LOCKED, and you'll get 20%, 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BillBar.com. Listen to Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball, takes you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of local experts like us. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your pods. All right, Jimmy, let's break down the end of this game because that's where it really matters. The Mavericks, by the way, now are 6-6 in clutch games. It's not as bad as we thought it was. And some of those games are like the the Bulls game where Luka didn't play. Mm -hmm. Some of those are games like that where... Um, you know, the Mavericks didn't have all their players, their full complement of players and all that. So that number, we probably have to break down a little bit farther to have it mean anything, but it's not as terrible as we thought. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. So the Blazers go on this incredible third quarter and the Blazers and the Mavs are such similar teams because they can look awesome and look like they could be a Western conference finals team. And they can look just absolutely terrible. Blazers follow up that 45 point third quarter with an 18 point, fourth quarter 
That's and uh, the Mavericks end up getting a you know comeback. So they go on that run. The Mavericks are, are way down. Fourth quarter comes. And this is when they start targeting Dame Lillard. They just start targeting him over and over and over again. And Luka gets whatever he wants. It was kind of just a Luka show in the fourth quarter. There's really not much else until the very last couple of minutes that, you know, the Mavericks got back because they tried defensively for once in this game. And then Luka was carrying them. Yep. Yep. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, it came all the way down the wire. I mean, (laughs) The fact that going into the the fourth quarter, they're down by 12 and then only end up losing by three, which really was more like two, uh, honestly, because the last shot just came at the very end there. But yeah, I'm proud of them for fighting the way they did. It shouldn't have ever happened because allowing 45 points in the third quarter is just disgusting. Um, The only player that really stepped up besides Luca, of course, in the third quarter was Tim Hardaway Jr., who was terrible all night long, and then third quarter kind of woke up a little bit, hit, I think, his only two threes in that one. He had a layup at the very beginning of the fourth quarter that kind of gave the the Mavs some juice there. But, you know, I got to say, in the fourth quarter, besides Luka, again, props to Jalen Brunson. And I can't talk more about, yeah. about him enough. I mean, he seriously looked like the Mavs' second-best player tonight. Uh, I, I was so happy with, with the way he looked. And he was making big shots, made some incredible drives. He just makes the craftiest layups that I've ever seen. Um and it was a lot of fun. And yeah, defensively was really where that started to step up. They only allowed Portland to get 18 points. I mean, part of that is because they just went cold. Uh, but yeah, you definitely have to give your, your props to the Mavs for for hanging in there and fighting. And if that last possession had gone differently, like if that last three from Luka had gone differently, then we'd be having a different discussion, like you said at the top. They of might five. still be playing right now. We don't know. They could, yeah, <laughs> they could, yeah, they could still be going. Brunson, though, he was the only player with a positive plus minus that was over eight. And Trey Burke was the other one that that had a, a positive eight. Uh, Brunson was part of the two runs that actually mattered in this game for the Mavericks. The second quarter, he was part of that run where the Mavericks played really, really well in the second quarter. And then he was part of the fourth quarter where the Mavericks actually went on a run. When he's on the floor with Luka, that's that secondary creator that we want, that we've wanted you know, for the last two or three years, basically. Yeah. The, the Kemba, the you know, what, some, what Bradley Beal, what some people think Zach Levine is. You know, that guy that can create off the bounce and it just what changed. some people think zach levine it, is. listen <laughs> listen if you guys if you guys are all on zach levine and are like he would fix everything for this mavericks team and make their offense blah, blah, blah go listen to zach low on the mismatch at like 35 seconds from this past weekend and he goes through his whole zach levine breakdown and that is I don't why. Know, according according to mark cuban zach low doesn't know a whole lot about basketball so <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna listen to that podcast sorry loyal <laughs> listener mark cuban i don't know if, i don't know if i'm gonna agree with you on that one uh <laughs> And for that reason, I'm out. So, But when Jalen Brunson's on the floor, it changes the dynamic of the offense so much because Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson has such a handle on what they're doing. And his passes, his ball movement, like all that stuff, it's a multiplier with Luka. It doesn't just add, right? Like, it, let's say Luka's passing ability is 90 or is, a, is 100 and Brunson's is 50. That doesn't equal 150, right? It equals like 100 times 50 because it just adds so much more to the dynamic. And... He only finished with 11 points, but they were big points, I thought. He had yeah. some big plays in this game. Yeah, Jalen Brunson's still coming up big. And uh, some people have called for him to start over Josh Richardson. That's not that's not how this works. I, he's still the, the guard off the bench, and he's playing the right spot for him. He's playing the right role. I don't think that there's – you know, I don't think he's going to come and start. He's playing starters minutes. He played nine more minutes than Richardson in this game. So that, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's in a perfect role. And I've always, I mean, people were always like, oh, he's so good in the second unit. He absolutely is, but he's also great with Luka Doncic. So like you were just mentioning, um, 
Yeah, he's been big. Uh, you know, I don't think he shot the ball all that well. I think he was, what, 5 of 12 tonight, uh, which isn't He missed all five of his, free, his, his threes. That was tough. Yeah, that's that's what hurts. But at the end of the day, I mean, his shooting splits are still close to 50, 40, 90. And um, if, you know, at the end of the day, if the, the best thing he is is a, is a more valuable trade chip, that's awesome. But I think you guys said this, and I've echoed this as well. The second the Mavs, you know, if they were to trade Brunson, people are going to look at Brunson and say, it'd be so nice to have a Jalen Brunson on this Wait, team yeah. right about now. Yep. Yeah, I think we said that either this past weekend or, or last week. Yeah, for sure. The end of the game. This is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Mavericks are the Mavericks were down by 10 with four minutes to go, which is which is pretty wild. Um, they sub Porzingis back in and the Mavericks just chip away. Luca is targeting Lillard. This is what we were talking about earlier. They just target Lillard over and over again. And the Blazers just making mistakes. Melo has an offensive rebound. They turn the ball over. Um, Lillard fouls Luka. Uh, and then you go back down the floor. It goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Lillard or Luka targets Lillard, and then they hit Dor- Dorian Finney-Smith for a three. Lillard hits a step back three. Here's the end of the game. Luka gets a drive, and they get the two for one. There's about 10 seconds or so left, and... The Mavericks don't foul Carmelo. They didn't have a foul to give, but they don't foul Carmelo. They're up one. If they would have fouled there, Melo makes two free throws. Then they, the Blazers would have been up three and gave the Mavericks like 15 seconds or so to drop a play. Carlisle said after the game that they did call for a, uh, a foul, but with the mask, he said, he said this, with the masks and the crowd noise and everything, I'm like, there's only 2,000 people in there. It's not like it's a huge room. Yeah, but He's the like, piped all... in the piped in crowd was really getting into. Yeah, it. apparently, <laughs> apparently, is the virtual crowd. He said, with all that, the, the the message didn't get didn't get sent to the team, so they didn't foul there at the end. Uh, I w- I was so confused, but then that's when Melo bumps into Luca. Luca falls back. We're like, is that a foul? Is it not? I don't think if that Luca. Gets... It doesn't get called, but if Luca falls harder. It if he probably fell gets down, called. maybe. <laughs> but also, if he fell down, that would have just given them another easy, you know, an easy chance to the basket. Yes. So you know, you kind of get it's lesser of two evils. So Melo's on the left wing. Luca is guarding him. He bumps him. Luca falls back. And when Luca falls back, and the foul doesn't get called, that's when Tim Hardaway Jr. comes up to double on just Ugh. the absolute wrong side to, to double. So terrible. He comes up towards the baseline and then somehow cuts back middle and then is behind Melo. And it's just a strange, it's just a very strange thing for Tim Hardaway to do. And it was really weird that Tim Hardaway Jr. was out there. Maybe they were just expecting the Mavs to get a stop, a quick stop, and then not call a timeout so that they could, like, hit a shot on the other end, right? Like that—that's the I, only thing I can think of the reason why Tim Hardaway Jr. Because there was a stoppage of play before then. They could have subbed Tim yeah. Hardaway Jr. out, but they didn't. And so his mistake, Derek Jones Jr.'s left down below the rim so they get the two anyway Mavs still get a three with a pretty good drawn up play from Carlisle to get Luka open for a wide open three Luka just missed it would have tied the game so what the Mavs wanted to do happened basically and and what it could have ended really well for them but so many things went wrong at the end there yeah the Tim Hardaway it was like Tim was playing Melo to step back, like preventing him from a step back, is almost the way that he. It's like played he's playing it. him like Harden, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the way they play Harden, and I, I did not understand that defensive possession from Tim Hardaway, but I've also seen a lot of possessions where Tim Hardaway just looks lost on defense. He's done it multiple times, but listen, the the last shot, the last play that Rick drew up, that was honestly one of the best like out of bounds plays that I've seen in the clutch. You know, the whole play was just beautiful. I think it was perfectly drawn up, and Luca had the shot and. 
I wide mean, open. It, no one near him. Like that's going to go down in the in the books as a wide open three. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're not going to put the loss on his shoulders at all for any no. reason whatsoever. But that that shot definitely hurt him, and I, I know he's going to be feeling it too. And then yeah, the ball hits Gary Trent. They call it out originally on Portland, so Dallas was about to get another shot at it, but overturned. Jalen Brunson clearly knocked it out, and yeah, Blazers go it, down, hit two, and it was it was game. It was done when he missed the shot. Basically, I yeah. Think. Whether it was whether maybe they get another chance at it, but. It was done. Um, so I was pulling up some numbers on the Mavs. We'll end on this. First quarter, net, so net rating by quarter, people have, people are asking, is the third quarter always bad for the Mavs? This season, net rating by quarter, plus 1.2 in the first quarter, plus 2 in the second quarter. So first half, doing pretty well. Positive. Good. good. Third quarter, minus 4.4 net rating. Not yeah. good. So you're you're plus three going into halftime, and then you drop it down to four. Fourth so. quarter minus six point one. Oh Lord, have mercy, Mavs! <laughs> now Wake some of this, up. some of this is like jazz game. You're getting some like there's some extra you know stuff in there that, that skews these numbers. But yeah, second half Mavs definitely have to get better. Had a chance to win this one. There it is. We'll break down some more games. Jimmy, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, find me on Twitter at all underscore things underscore Mavs on YouTube at youtube.com slash all things Mavs 41. Uh, or if you just type in all things Mavs in the search bar, that's where you can find me. Make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, and that's are the, those are the main places. Nick, next four games for the Mavs, Detroit, Houston, Memphis, and a sliding Boston. I'm predicting another four-game win streak. Boston just dropped a, um, like an afternoon game to the Wizards. They are yeah. all over the place. They've had lots of injuries and stuff, though. Uh, Pistons, that one's a, a take care of business. If you don't win, it's a problem, right? Like, yeah. if they don't win that game, I'm all of a sudden concerned. Houston, they've had a bunch of injuries. Victor Oladipo apparently doesn't look the same. They're talking about tanking, all that kind of stuff. So that's another game you hope to take care of business. Memphis, that's kind of a more of a tough one. And then Boston, that's a national TV game on TNT. We'll hear all the stuff about Porzingis posting up and and, <laughs> and all that. And, uh, yeah, next four games, I don't know, four-game win streak. Let's go. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm calling my shot like Tim Cato did. Yeah, that was great execution by Tim Cato. He got it exactly. I called a five-game win streak. I thought they beat Portland, but they did not. It came down to a Luka three, and I would have been more right than Tim Cato. (laughs) That's what it usually comes down to. There you go. So we'll be back for all those post games. Also, check out Jimmy. Like we said, we'll put a link in the description of this podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. From the top referees in the league. Two for one opportunity here for Dallas. Doncic, another one. You bet. Luka Doncic locked and lethal.